You are mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Nicole. This is our adaptations episode. We're going to be talking about two films that were adapted from something. After that, we're going to pick our films and our topic for next week. And it's The Choice is Mine. Uh, after that is Stitch Up, I Had to Watch Get a Job. Before all that, we have a little chat about whatever we want. Anything goes, we call this bit. So how have you been, mate? I've been pretty good. How have you been? Been all right, mate. I, I went to the Blu-ray shop, which I haven't been to for a while, and I picked up a couple of... Mm-hmm. Couple of Blu-rays and I'm really happy about it. Is it actually a Blu-ray shop? It just only sells Blu-rays. I mean, no. Is they sell computer games and you know, like a Nokia 3310 steering wheel for a Dreamcast, that sort of shit. I used to go in there back when the world was working and just spend a little bit of time seeing what they got. I've been after Tron Legacy for ages, but I didn't buy it a few weeks ago because it was up mm. for £2.50. And I went in there and it was up for £1.50. I was like, yes, saved a pound. So I got that. <laughs> and I watched Tron Legacy on uh, in Loud, which was great. Nice. I do enjoy a bit of Tron Legacy. It's not the greatest film, but that Daft Punk soundtrack really, really makes that film for me. Uh, what else did I buy? I bought 12 Angry Men, which... Uh, which yeah. Did we cover that for the show? We didn't actually cover it, but we both watched it for, I think it was like movies set in a day or some, it was one of those films. It was, it was a single location. location. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't remember because I bought it and and I thought, yeah, did that for the show, loved it. And I went back to try and find out what show it was on. I couldn't find it. I was like, oh, what? But I know, I thought we talked about it. At least I'm not going mad. I'm looking forward to seeing that again. I've not watched it yet. And then I also got Midsummer. I got the director's cut i got the three hour version because obviously we spoke about midsummer in the last episode Mm -hmm. and it was my second watch and i enjoyed it even more than the first time i watched it and i was pretty desperate to see that three hour version so when i saw that in there i thought yeah i love that what have you been up to i caught up with my best mate on friday and uh it was really nice to have a chat with her and all of her housemates and then on saturday i went to my childhood house because it's currently for sale at the moment. I was just kind of curious on, you know, what the previous owners have um, have done to it, if there was any changes since I moved out of that house uh, in the early 2000s and little changes. It was, a bit, it was a bit weird going back there. You posed as a buyer to visit yes. your old house. Yeah. So you could have a nose around would, and see what they'd done to it in the last 20 years. <laughs> I would, if I had the money, I would totally buy it, I reckon. Maybe we should start a Patreon, start a Kickstarter. Oh, our yeah. New, our, new, our new Melbourne studio. Melbourne <laughs> yeah. HQ, Twin Picks HQ in Melbourne. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, wouldn't take us long to save up that, would it? Get a Kofi account and everyone can, uh, instead of them buying coffee, they can uh, put it house. to the fund. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds Bloody like a fair sorted. deal, doesn't it? There you yeah. go. You don't buy us a house. There's an hour of us talking about shit about films. But you've been watching much this week? What you've been consuming with your eyeballs? I, I have. I've um I've watched a total of eleven films this week. Oh, you beat me by one. I mean I did have there was a day off. We had a I had a three day weekend, so Oh yeah. More time more time to actually watch films. Uh, I watched a documentary called Pick of the Litter, which is about guide dogs and their 
from you know from birth when they actually become a guide dog how it how, how that whole system works and I think I can't remember the exact number I think it was like about 600 dogs go into training per year and like maybe even half or like a third of them actually get chosen to be a guide dog mm. just because of their temperament and stuff. And then I watched some films based on novels. Funny enough, I watched Pride and Prejudice, Ugh. the Kieran Knightley version. And I was like, I hadn't seen this in forever. And I was like, oh, this is actually not too bad. I didn't mind it. Okay. And I watched My Secrets Keep, My Sister's Keeper, which I believe I've read that book before. It's got Cameron Diaz and the young girl from Little Miss Sunshine. And then I watched Rebecca, the uh, Albert Hitchcock version, as well as the new version that is recently came on Netflix. And that was my 300th film. Excellent. So you made it to 300 and you watched Rebecca, which is new, isn't it, on, on yes. Netflix? It came, it came out about a week or two ago. Yeah. I do like both films. I see how people have criticised the newer version of it. Like uh, Maximin's character, he doesn't seem as, like, strong and harsh in the more modern version compared to uh, Albert Hitchcock's version of the film. I watched both Borats this week as well. (sighs) All right, let's get into this then. Let's get into uh, Borat because I I watched Borat too this week because it's new on Prime. Did you watch both of them or just the the new version? I've seen the first one a few times. I went to the cinema to see the first one, and honestly, did like, you? Uh, yeah, uh, the first film is probably the most I've ever laughed at a cinema. Uh, so I was really looking forward to watching Borat too. But what did you what did you think of Borat and Borat too? Was it the first time you'd ever seen Borat one Borat? I'm pretty sure I've seen the first one or. Maybe yeah. I've just seen three quarters of it because I knew what happened at the end, you know, he, him trying to kidnap uh, <laughs> Pamela Anderson. Oh, not kidnap her, like make her, make her his wife kind of thing. What did you think of Borat 1 and what did you think of Borat 2? I felt like they, they were quite similar to each other, so it was all right. Did you think it was brilliant? I thought Borat 2 was, was the funniest and most insightful thing that I've seen in a long, long time. I just, I love the way he, he does set things up and he does poke people and he does provoke them and they do react. They give him the reaction he wants. So he's complicit Mm. in it, but he is trying to highlight these, all these attitudes. Uh, And there were a couple of instances where I thought he went too far. There was one point in where he goes into the Jewish place of worship. There's a name for it, but I'm so uneducated, so I don't know it. Where he goes in and he's, he's dressed as the, the stereotypical, highly offensive Jewish person with the hat and the long nose and the fingernails. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes into that place and he's talking to those two old ladies, right? And you think that's, I was cringing at that bit thinking this is a, this is the point where I think it's a bit going a bit too far, right? Yeah. But I have watched a YouTube video about it last night and apparently they knew about it. Like he went in and, and had a chat with them and said, yeah, this is not, this is fake. I'm actually Jewish. I'm satirizing these beliefs. They knew what he was doing in that scenario. And that mm. made me feel a little bit more comfortable with it. Some of it would have had to be sta- staged to an yeah, extent, I absolutely. guess. What else have you been watching in the thousands of films you've consumed? That's pretty much all the films that I've watched. What about you? 
Uh, I'm, I've managed to watch 10 uh, this week, so one less than you. Um, but I started with trying to keep on the adaptation theme. I, I watched Misery, um, hmm. which after our cults theme, I probably should have tried to watch something uplifting, but I, instead I went for Misery, <laughs> which was... <laughs> <laughs> which which was a fucking misery. Uh, it's a great film, though. Have you seen Misery? I don't think I have. Stephen King adaptation. Um, James Caan, writer, gets has an accident, gets taken in by a, an obsessive fan, Kathy Bates, mm-hmm. and Ooh. she's she's a psychopath woman, and it's difficult to watch there's the notoriously part in it notorious part in it where he gets his legs something done to his legs right it's not a spoiler Ugh, don't. but yeah that's a classic turn away moment but i promised myself i wasn't going to turn away and i watched it and uh i really wish i hadn't then i watched a film called digging up the marrow which is like a found footage monster film which was a bit hmm. of fun vivarium watched that on shudder my sister's been on at me to watch that for ages and i finally watched it and that yeah. was that was all right. Then I watched a film called Spiral, which I really enjoyed. You could say culty vibes, but that was really good. About a same-sex couple that move into a town and there's this weird shit going on. And maybe one of them's losing his mind. Maybe he's not. And mm. yeah, it's a very interesting psychological horror film. Um, lots of tension. Good, good watch. And then that was it, mate. And then it was just, after that, I just watched the podcast films. And I've watched various documentaries and stuff but we won't talk about them but my, that takes my total up to 330 now so i've oh. got another another 36 to go to get fill my years quota. I'm, I'm 25 behind you are you are you aiming to beat me is this your is this your quest no 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 if it wasn't it whoever loses has to watch the stitch up christmas yes. special or something for the whole of next year or watch all the stitch up films, that's fucking not happening. No way. You wish, mate. Yeah, I need it. Yeah, three thirty. <laughs> Got another thirty six to go before I get to three sixty six. I think I might move a goalpost. I think I might move it to four hundred as my target. I think that's doable. You could definitely do it. I'll, I'm happy just getting to three hundred and sixty six. <laughs> yeah. I'll be too. satisfied with that. Last year I made it to, I did exactly 300. I've talked about this before, but I made it to exactly 300 because yeah. I watched 300 on New Year's Eve. But last year I had a job and lots of life things going on. Um, and <laughs> that seemed insane to me that I watched 300 films. That seemed fucking yeah. crazy. Let's move on to section two then. Section two is the part where we're going to talk about the films that we chose last week. But before we get to talking about the two films that we watched, we do a topic intro. And as this was your choice of theme and topic, it was your turn to come up with a, an intro. Sometimes we do a quiz, sometimes we do other things, but have you got something in store? Yeah, I do. I was good. I was almost going to do a review on both uh, Rebecca, both Rebecca's for the intro, but we've I've already spoken about that. I did do a quiz on the weekend about uh, novel adaptations on films. I want to see how well you would do on this uh, this quiz. Right, quiz, quizzy time. We should start recording our results in these quizzes, but I'm not doing that. It's more work. <laughs> it's like Nicole, you're doing that. <laughs> the thing is, with this quiz, I'll put your answers in, and then I'll tell you at the end which is correct and which isn't correct. All right, are you ready? Yes. Question number one: 
1995 teen comedy Clueless was loosely adapted from which Jane Austen novel? Was it A, Emma, B, The Great Expectations, C, Pride and Prejudice, or D, Sense and Sensibility? I think it was Great Expectations. I I think it was Emma, but I will tell you at the end. You say Great Expectations. Expectations. No, right? I said Emma. I said Emma. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question two. Philip K. Dick's novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, was loosely adapted to which highly... Next question. <laughs> You'll get this one as well. I got this incorrect. And then when I saw the results, I'm like, oh, my God, how did I not get this? Question three. In 1979 film, Okay. Crime and Punishment, Heart of Darkness, War and Peace, Arrow of Gold. It's Heart and Darkness, Heart of Darkness. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Question four. The 1973 post-apocalyptic science fiction. Fucking word again. Oh, God. The 1973 post-apocalyptic science fiction film, uh, Soylent Green, which was prominently concerned with overcrowding and overpopulating was loosely based on which novel by Harry Harrison? Make Room, Make Room, The Forge of God, The Stainless Steel Rat, never heard of that, Childhood's End. Soylent Green. Mm, 1973 film. The first one, whatever it was, the first one you said. Make make Room, Make Room. Make Room, I think Make I'm, Room. I think Makes sense. It seems the most plausible. Uh, question five. The 1999 romantic comedy drama, Ten Things I Had About You, was a modern retail of what, of what Shakespeare play? That was Great Expectations. I got them mixed up. Neither of those options are there. I mean, it's not the Great Expectations, the... obviously. That's what I was saying. It's obviously no. not. A, A Taming of the Shrew, B, Much Ado About Nothing, C, Romeo and Juliet, or D, The Wrath of Medusa. I'm going to say Taming of the Shrew. What is a shrew? I don't know. Why do they need to be tamed? Maybe they don't want to be tamed. Question six. As Super Toys last all summer long, and 1969 short story by Brian Aldis concerns of troubled young boy named David who does not realise that he is actually a robot and who befriends a robotic teddy bear. This story inspired what 2001 science fiction film directed by Steven Spielberg? It was artificial intelligence, AI. 
I'm pretty sure it's correct. Uh, number seven, Clive Barker's horror novel, The Hellbound Heart, was about a mystical puzzle box that opened a portal to an extra dimensional realm, was made into, into what 1987 film? Uh, yeah, it's Hellraiser. It's Hellraiser. No answer. You know the answer. Total Recall, a 1990 science fiction film that leaves the viewers wondering what the real and what is a dream, was based on which Philip K. Dick short story? Go on. We remember it for you wholesale. I feel like I don't need to even uh, check these answers because you know them all. Did you did you say that there was a st- stitch-up advantage this week? No. <laughs> oh, it's funny the week that I get them right that I, there's no advantage. I can't do it every week. So question number nine. The Tremor novella, Dream Story, and 1926 psychological novella by Arthur Schneisler, a story of which a doctor... (laughs) Thank you. uh, Which a doctor becomes upset when his wife reveals that she has fantasised about an extra marital affair with a stranger... He then goes on a stranger erotic journey that cultivates him to attend bizarre and debacle masquerade balls. Eyes wide shut. <laughs> Look at you. I don't well, even have you, to fucking tell you. When you said sexy time masks, it's got to be eyes wide shut. What else could it be? Oh, yeah. So the first question, the first one you did get wrong because it was Emma. But you're like, oh, no, I changed it. Oh, it that. was Emma. I changed it to uh, Emma. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Second one was correct. Blade Runner. Yeah. Uh, number three, Heart of Darkness. Number four, Make Room, Make Room was correct. Hey. The Taming of the Shrew for 10 Things I Hate About You. Yep. Very good. Uh, Superboy of Last Summer Long, AI, correct. Hellraiser for Clive Baker's horror novella. Clive Barker. Whatever. Whatever. I know someone's going to be very potato, annoyed potato. about that. Potato, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Total recall. That was correct. We remember. We it came you. remember for you, Halsey. And yeah. the last, last uh, one, the dream story. It was eyes wide shut. Uh, eight out of nine. Not, eight out yeah. of nine. But I, I kind of knew the first one. I kind I kind of knew that I was wrong. Well, I knew what I was wrong when you said that I, you thought I was wrong. But yeah, <laughs> all right, not bad. Eight out of nine. Not bad. Not bad. I've got a quiz to do at the weekend. Actually, I'm doing a horror quiz at the weekend, so that's good, pra- good practice. Hopefully, that Clive Barker question comes up. All right, thank you very much for that quiz, which I nailed. Um, let's move on to talk about the films, uh, adaptation movies, which are Fight Club and Hunt for the Wilder People. I think maybe we should start with Fight Club because it's quite dense, it's quite layered, it's, there's a lot to dive into. So let's start with that one and then lift ourselves up with Hunt for the Wilder People. Sounds good. I agree. So Fight Club came out in 1999. It was directed by David Fincher and it was 133 minutes long. I forgot to write down the budget in the box office, so we'll skip it. It costs an amount of money to make, and it made an amount of money at a box office. So the cast, Ed Norton, uh, he's credited as a character called the narrator. You could also call him Jack. He refers to himself as Jack in the film. 
Brad Pitt as Tyler Durden, Helena Bonham Carter as Marla, Meat Loaf as Bob, and Jared Leto yeah. as Angel Face. But uh, he was too blonde. He was too blonde. So, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so this was based on a book, which is the reason we uh, we chose it. I've not read the book, but I'm dying to read the book. Uh, it was by a, a dude. I'm just desperately trying to put off saying his name because it's a very difficult name to pronounce. But I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, I'm glad that you have to say it and not me because I I was almost going to say his name. Well, I'm going to give it a go. So he's, the first part's easy. He's called Chuck. Chuck Palanuk. 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 Palenik. Yeah. I'm just going to call him Chuck from this point forward, if we ever refer to him again. But yeah, he wrote the cool. book and um, he's written a couple of other books that have been turned into films or one that I could, that comes to mind, Choke. Um, that was mm. made into a movie, which I've only seen it once, but that was quite good from what I remember. I've got this on Blu-ray. So I've had this for a while now and I've got the 10th anniversary edition. And when you Ooh, put the Blu-ray on... look at you. <laughs> I'm I'm not flexing here. This is just fact. So when you put the Blu-ray on, um, <laughs> it comes up with "Never Been Kissed." Yeah. Did you know I heard, this? I heard about this. No, no. I saw your your uh, information about this. I'm like, what? Yeah. So when I first bought this this Blu-ray, I've got home and I put it on, and genuinely, I was fooled by that. I thought someone's given me the "Never Been Kissed" thing, and I've taken the Blu-ray out, looked at it, I was like, no, this says Fight Club. But it was Fincher. Fincher was trolling us. He put the, he made it look like the title screen for the, the DVD or the Blu-ray was never been kissed. And it goes for about eight right. seconds or so until it kicks in to like Fight Club and it sort of zaps in like, yeah. So that was very, that was, that always makes me laugh. Um, not seen anything like that before. Edward Norton, as we said, plays the narrator or Jack. Yeah. He has He's got, got insomnia now. Yeah, he has insomnia. He has insomnia and he seems to be obsessed with ikea specifically ikea stuff and (laughs) it becomes pretty clear pretty early that this film has quite is talking about consumerism and the nature of advertising and and that sort of thing and he's trying to find things to um make him feel something so he 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 explains that going to the he starts going to self-help groups because he wants to cry and he he sort of i think is it a line of dialogue in the film he says it's a cathartic release he's looking for that cathartic release so Mm. he's looking for an outlet so he's looking for an outlet he's looking for i guess role model in some way they talk about their fathers that had left i mean i'm already going way way deep into this you could start going into like god is dead stuff and nietzsche and all that but Mm. just to keep it on the film basically he's struggling with an identity and he makes up his own spoilers which is Brad Pitt. I mean, everyone yeah. knows. Everyone knows the ending at this point. If you're listening to this and you don't see Fight Club, then yeah, well, you know, why are you listening to this? <laughs> don't listen. I to mean, this. to be fair, I I was I was telling you before that this has only been my second mm. watch, and I'd only seen this film relatively recently, like maybe within the last five years. I remember when I first watched it, I was like holy shit, this is awesome. Like, what a great concept. I really liked the mm. bit when they're talking about what celebrity they'd like to beat up. I mean, uh, what I put that question to you. What celebrity? <laughs> you could fight any celebrity. Who would you fight? Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. 
<laughs> I fucking hate him. <laughs> I fucking hate him so much. Every time his song comes on the radio, oh my god, I cringe every time. Oh. Sorry if there's anyone that loves him. I- I'm not offended. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. Um, well, Ed- <laughs> Edward Norton's answer, I think, was William Shatner, wasn't it? Uh, yeah what would yours be no question Piers Morgan another thing I mean there's so much that sticks out to me but we've got to keep it short and sweet so uh, one thing I really liked about this film and I wonder how much crossover there was between the book and the screenplay but was the it was the dialogue and how snappy it was how it felt like an Aaron Sorkin script to me when I was watching it and maybe I'm just making that connection because David Fincher later on sort of worked with Sorkin in other films okay. but it felt very snappy like a like, and fast-paced like a Sorkin script and insightful and philosophical and layered and every word kind of matters and I just wondered where the crossover between the book and the screenplay was. Apparently the the author as well when he watched the film he thought that the film was potentially even better than the the book that he wrote so oh really yeah I, I read that on the interwebs yeah uh, that's refreshing to hear that that an author enjoys the film more or or even doesn't have a problem with it usually an author has got some kind of issue with an adaptation um, yeah. often you know most famous one obviously being stephen king with the china the, the, the part on the airplane where we first meet brad pitt's character and he talks about the oxygen masks and how oxygen gets you high so you accept your fate when you're about to, to, to crash to your death. And I must have said that to, to people on the next five plane journeys after I heard that film, right up until about 2005, <laughs> I was saying that to people. And they didn't appreciate it too much. But there's lots of memorable stuff. Obviously, the first rule of Fight Club is not to talk about Fight Club. I mean, what a genius line and what a genius way to market a film as well don't talk about fight club what's everyone doing they're talking about fight club brilliant talking about, yeah awesome even the mona lisa is falling apart that was another really powerful line that i really connected with is where uh, they're fighting and ed norton's characters his, his tooth's falling out in the sink and he's falling apart and brad pitt says hey man even the mona lisa's falling apart and it's a really mm. like throwaway line but like it's 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 philosophy like this film for me is philosophy in a lot of ways um it's highlighting the issues with society it's it's highlighting the contradictions with obviously they they start fight club and they're working against the system but actually they're creating their own system within a system and actually they can't exist with the other system so it's contradict it's highlighting those contradictions it's talking about male toxicity philosophy and I just think this film is genius, like through and through. Yeah, I love it. Agreed. I love this film. Mate. 100% yeah. Is there anything you didn't like about it? No. I enjoyed this film the whole way through. Is there yeah. anything that you disliked about it? Not really. I mean, I, uh, as a whole, um, I, I really love Fight Club. I really love Social Network. But other David Fincher films, I am not. I'm not a huge fan of Seven, for example. I'm not a huge fan of Zodiac. Gone Girl is is pretty good. But I find his films, um, how can I say, a a little bit exhausting to watch. Like Seven is so grim. It's so dark. I've never seen it before. What is it exactly? Well, it's about serial killer. But it's just the way that it's okay. shot. It's, it's constantly raining. It's constantly dark. And I think Fight Club has a little bit of that 
it's it's very dark mm-hmm. it, had, it has moments in light but it's very dark it has that green tint and it feels like a fincher film i just find them quite exhausting but the content of this film um i don't hate it for that uh, and that's just a personal preference um but otherwise this film is probably a, a perfect film for me in, in in many in many ways I really enjoyed the performances. I thought um, Ed Norton, and uh, probably my favourite Ed Norton film. I love him in Rounders and a few other bits and pieces. It's certainly my favourite Brad Pitt film. I can't think of another Brad Pitt film that's better than this. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I knew you was going to say Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> I knew it. Yes, Fight Club is better uh, than Mr. I'm and Mrs. Only, Smith. I'm only, I'm only gagging. I'm only joking. I do think this is his strongest film, and I don't think there's there's much in it i think it's quite clearly brad pitt's strongest film i think it's david fincher's strongest film and edward norton's yeah it's just and helena bottom yeah. carter and meatloaf is a meatloaf's be- best film and Jared yeah Leto. i didn't even know that was meatloaf until I, I read the cast after i watched the film i was like oh there you go classic meatloaf yeah bob do you know do you remember the the scene that they're um, playing golf and they're mm-hmm. they're drunk yeah you know apparently that's that's actually them drunk and they, they're um, hitting golf balls at, to the catering uh, van. Are they? <laughs> apparently, apparently that <laughs> according, according to the inter- internet, yeah, that Norton and Pitt completely waste, or not, com- but they were, they were drunk and that's how they shot that scene. Awesome. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. Scores, got some scores for it? Some scores for Fight Club. I'm yeah. going to give this a nine. Nine. Oh, okay. Good strong score. Uh, I'm going 9.5. Oh. It's a, nine, it's a mean, 9. 9.5 at the moment. It's, yeah, it's a 9.5. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is definitely, I'm going to put it on my spreadsheet for a contender for my top 10 films. Shall we move on to Hunt for the Wilder People? Yes, let's do that. So Hunt for the Wilder People came out in 2016. It was directed by Taika Waititi. And I have got budget and box office for this. The budget oh. was 2.5 million and the box office was 23.2 million. And it's the highest grossing okay. Kiwi film of all time. Uh, it did 12.2 million in New Zealand, cementing its place as the highest grossing film. And I'm pretty sure that the number two is also a Taika Waititi film, which I guess would probably be... What we do in the shadows, or maybe the boy, possibly. But the the cast: Sam Neill as Heck, Julian Dennison as Ricky, Rima T. Wiata as Bella, Rachel House as Paula, and there are appearances by Reese Darby as Psycho Sam and Taika Waititi <laughs> as Minister. And so it was based on a book. As we said, this film came out in 2016, but the book is called Wild Pork and Watercress, and that came out in 1986. And that was written by a dude what is called Barry Crump. And he sounds like a cartoon villain, doesn't he? Barry Crump. <laughs> but um, so Taika Waititi apparently had written this screenplay in 2005. Uh, he says the book is not a comedy. But okay. Waititi had turned it into a comedy. Basic plot, very basic plot. Ricky, <laughs> Ricky, Ricky Baker, he um, is Ricky adopted. Baker. Yeah, he's a foster kid and he gets adopted by Bella and Heck. Or, or more Bella. It was more Bella that wanted this thing. And um, so also this, the other thing about this is it's told in chapters. So the first chapter, Ricky is meeting Bella um, and they bond. Mm-hmm. And then Bella dies. And Heck and Ricky head off 
into the bush. It's very much a story about Heck and Ricky bonding out in the bush and teaching each other things. I mean, Ricky teaches Heck how to process his emotions. And Heck is obviously teaching Ricky the more practical stuff about surviving yeah. the bush. And the knack, the knack kept coming up. But it's a very funny film. It's made me laugh out loud a lot more than I remember it, it doing before. I laugh so much in this film. I really enjoyed this film. Just, I, I, was, <laughs> I was watching it on my laptop uh, on the couch while my parents were watching some random shit on TV. And they're just like, what are you laughing at? I'm like, oh, I go, this, this film is so funny. I, unfortunately, I don't have Chromecast that I could show them at the same time. But I was just cacking myself the whole time. One line that I just instantly started laughing was um, when they get to the cabin and there's these guys that think, you know, that heck is this pervert and all that and whatever, and they start wrestling with him. And then Ricky gets the gun and he's like, shit got real, back up, homies, let, my, get, let go of my uncle. Yeah. And just the comedy in that that scene and just other scenes in, as well. Why do they call him Psycho Sam? And then, then they, they put the, the pots on their head. He's like, okay, yeah, conspiracy. Yeah. Conspiracy guy. <laughs> you, when you mentioned um, the shit just got real bit, uh, that, that yeah. part really stuck out to me as well because when Ricky picks up the gun, he loads it. Like you say, he loads the gun and he times his dialogue with loading the gun. He goes, shit. Just got real. Just got real. And it, yeah. And I what did did I did think to myself. I wonder who came up with that time in the dialogue with the gun loading, whether it had been Ricky or whether it had been Taika Waititi. Uh, and it comes up again later, doesn't it? Because Sam Neil finds those people again in the forest. They stumble across them mm. again, and then Sam Neil goes, "This shit just got real uh, again." <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that 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 made me laugh as well. Yeah. I really like the bit where he's, he he fakes his own death and he writes his suicide note and says, oh, yeah. I've burned myself to death, as you can see. And he's made a little Ricky Baker. like. And he left, he left a note, which is going to get burnt anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, oh, so funny. Yeah, so, so, Psycho Sam, Reese Darby. I love Reese Darby. Me, me too. He's, he's so great funny. in Flight of the Concords. I've seen actually. I've seen a comedy. I've seen him live. I saw him to one of his comedy gigs a, a couple of years ago. I just remembered right now. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's. He, yeah. I like. I really enjoy him when he pops up in films. I like his character in Yes Man. I think he's really funny in this, and it's. I, I kind of feel like maybe he's he's used quite well sparingly in films. Like he would just pop up for a few scenes, and but he's a really memorable part of whatever film you watch. Very, very funny and quite heartwarming, the story between those two yeah. people, like a father-son relationship. You know um, that scene where they find that bird in the, in the forest or the bushland? Mm. So it's a, the Huai bird. It's actually um, a real species in New Zealand. It's a wattle bird. And the last confirmed sighting of this bird was in 1907. But there was like in the... In early 1960s they so-called thought that they saw this bird again but yeah. they believe that it's an extinct bird so it's kind of kind of nice that they put that in the film as well that is a nice little touch and that was how the film ended wasn't it it was after the police had caught up with ricky and and heck heck had served an amount of time in prison and ricky goes and finds heck in this rehabilitation house and says come and live with us 
and he's got a camera and they sort of say, let's go and find this, let's go and find this bird. So that was a really nice ending because when that came up in the film, it occurred to me, I thought, I wonder if this is a plot thread that's explored more in the book. But mm. when it came back around at the end that they were going back into the forest to, to find that bird, uh, I just thought that was a nice, yeah. that was a nice callback. Um, yeah, very well-made film, very entertaining. It's not something I'll probably watch again for a while. It's just a nice, easy watch. And I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Hmm. I'm going to give this a 7.5 out of 10. All right, awesome. Two really good films, two really good films. One all-timer and one pretty good film for me. Uh, but really good adaptation choices. They are both based on books. And I'd like to do adaptations again one day because there's so much to choose yeah. from. You can go comic books oh, and yeah. articles and computer games and even plays. And, yeah, it's, the, the, it's really endless. Uh, I forgot to mention last week, honourable mention that I should have said was... Uh, to Kill a Mockingbird because I studied that book at school and also watched the film. Have you seen that? No, I don't believe I don't believe I have, mate. It's a great film. That that would be potential for courtroom. Oh, okay, actually. courtroom or adaptations. Yeah. I didn't have enough time to watch that this week, but I'm hoping to watch that sometime soon. It's been a while. Anyway, let's move on to the next part of the show then, where we pick our topic and our films for next week, and it's back. To me this time i'm choosing the topic of films about films films about films movies about movies whatever we're going to call it i've got a few picks i've got a few honorable mentions i've also put a question out on instagram and i've got a couple of listener suggestions as well so i'm going to give you my free you're going to give me free so we're going to have six and then we're going to knock two out of each other's list to get to a final one each so as i chose the topic i'm going to go first and i'm going to give you my three so my first one is one cut of the dead my second choice is birdman classic yeah and my third choice is the disaster artiste okay number one is eight and a half number two is life and number three is la la land i wonder which one you're gonna get rid of oh what a mystery (laughs) so the Let's do a quick recap. So I've chosen One Cut of the Dead, Burden Man and The Disaster Artist, and you have chosen Eight and a Half, Life and La La Land. La 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 Land. I haven't seen La La Land, and I have no desire to see La La Land. If only it was under two hours, then I would put it on Stitch Up. Oh, what a tragedy. Um, Get that fucking La La Land out of my face. Out of my face, oh, off really? the list. I, I don't want to watch La La Land. It's about jazz and dancing. What's wrong with jazz and dancing? They're two of the worst things that exist. And I put them together in one film. No thank you. Ryan Gosling's in it. I know, even Gosling can't save it. What does that say? Right, and, <laughs> and Emma Stone. I like Emma Stone as well. Got a lot of time for Emma Stone. I know. But jazz and dancing. Anyway, I feel like I've wasted enough time on La La Land. Be gone. (laughs) Um, What are you going to knock out of One Cut of the Dead, Birdman or Disaster Artist? I've never heard of One Cut of the Dead before. Okay. So I want to keep that. I want to keep that. Um, Out of the other two. I feel like I've seen The Disaster Artist this year. So I'm going to get rid of that film 
and what and choose out of your first two picks. Uh, so we're not going to get to talk about Tommy Wiseau next week. No. That could have been a mammoth episode. Sorry. One day we should do The Room and A Disaster Artist. We should. As a double feature. Okay then, so to recap, we've now knocked one out of each other's list and what remains is one cut of the dead and Birdman in mine and eight and a half and life in yours. So I'm going to talk about one cut of the dead. Um, it came out in 2017, 96 minutes long. The tagline is don't stop shooting and the synopsis is things go badly for a hack director and film crew shooting a low budget zombie movie in an abandoned Second World War Japanese facility when they're attacked by real zombies. So this is on Shudder, this film. Hello. I remember this film coming out a couple of years ago and it was there was a lot of rave about it. It's a foreign film, uh, Japanese, I guess, uh, set in a Japanese facility. And yeah, it's a horror comedy action and it's got great reviews and I've never seen it, but I have always wanted to watch it. And cool. my next pick was Birdman. And this is, I think that the actual title is Birdman, the most pretentious movie ever made. But... Um, mm. Seriously, I think the title is Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Now, I haven't seen this film and... What? You've never seen Birdman? No. You've never seen this film before? No, I've never seen Birdman. I don't know if I'm going to like it very much, to be honest with you. It's a one-take film. I'm surprised you haven't seen it. I know. That's the only reason I want to watch it. That's the only reason (laughs) I would watch this film. I'll be honest with you. Well, it was directed by Alejandro Gonzalez Inarito, right? And he did The Revenant. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like The Revenant. Oh, yeah. The Revenant I didn't really enjoy. Yeah, Well-made film. Looked looked stunning. Looked beautiful. But it just was a slog for me. And I didn't understand a single word of what Tom Hardy was saying, which is not not unusual. (laughs) Um, But... So Birdman is two hours long. It came out in 2014 and the synopsis reads, a fading actor best known for his betrayal of a popular superhero attempts to mount a comeback by appearing in a Broadway play. As opening night approaches, he attempts to become more altruistic. So it's, it's, it's Michael Keaton. He's doing like a, like a, a, you know, obviously he'd done Batman before. So it's quite meta. He's talking mm-hmm. about returning to a superhero character. Like you say, it's the one shot stuff. That's the only reason it's on my list. Um, otherwise i probably wouldn't watch this film um but those are my two picks so why have you got eight and a half and life on what can you tell me about those okay so eight and a half it's a 1963 film and it's 139 minutes long and the synopsis is guido al Alsemi, a film director, finds himself creatively barren at the peak of his career Urged by his doctors to rest, Aslam heads to a luxurious resort, but a sorry group of gatherers, his producers, staff, actors, wife, mistress, and relatives, each one begging him to get on with the show. In retreat from his dependency, he fantasizes about his past woman and dreams of his childhood. This has been popping up on my letterbox list constantly. and. If you don't choose this film this week, I think I will still watch it, no matter what. And life. Life. Oh, life. Life. Oh, life. Have you got a piece <laughs> of toast? Do you see ghosts? I'm done now. <laughs> That's fine. Life. It uh, came out in 2015. It's 112 minutes long. And the synopsis is, in 1955, a young photographer, Dennis Stock, develops 
a close bond with actor James Dean while shooting pictures of the rising star in in Hollywood star. Okay. Who's in life? Robert Pattinson. Dane DeHaan. I've clearly said his name No, that's right. That's right, I think. Is that right? Dane DeHaan, yeah. I know what I'm choosing out of yours. Good, me too. What are you knocking out of mine? Yeah. I'm getting rid of Birdman. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't want to watch it. I don't know why I put it on a list, to be honest with you. It's just the one cut thing. And then when I started talking about it, I just thought I really don't want to watch Birdman. Yeah. All right, so we're keeping one cut of the dead. Awesome. Out of yours, because uh, I have two reasons. I fascinated with James Dean, and I really like Robert Pattinson. He's the new Batman. Want to see more of his work? I want to watch life. Mm. So I'm going to knock out eight and a half. I'm happy with that either way. Awesome. Okay, so for the next episode, then we're going to be watching two films about films, which are going to be one cut of the dead and life. And as always, I've put the question out on Instagram on our twin picks page. And I asked our followers what they would suggest, uh, what are their suggestions for films about films? Now mm-hmm. film foods, film.foods on Instagram, they said Inglorious bastards and once upon a time in Hollywood, I would love to have put once upon a time in Hollywood on, um i didn't put it on two two reasons first one it's really long the second reason is that it's actually not available on uh, streaming outside of now tv is it not it's on now tv but i I don't have that at the moment so frugal and all that pretty Um, sure well it was it was on prime here in australia i don't know if it's still on there anymore Sarah at Radio Gorpress, uh, she actually suggested this topic's theme and she had suggested Living in Oblivion, which is a 90s film uh, with Steve Buscemi, I believe, and a film called Matinee, mm-hmm. which I think is another 90s film. It's got John Goodman in it. What did you have on your honourable mentions? Was there anything else that you were considering? I had Close Up, uh, The Artist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't think it would be a film that you want to watch. Hitchcock and Cinema Paradiso, but I yeah. didn't know where we could find that film. Same, this one, because this came up on our Italian movies and um, yes. was it Fil- Film Foods had suggested that we should have probably watched that one instead of Randy yeah. <laughs> <Brandy laughs> yeah. Magazine. What about you? Did you have any other extra films? Yeah, there were a few others that I, I were considering, so I'll give you the, the main ones. The first one was a documentary and it's called Lost Soul. The Doom Journey of Richard mm. Stanley's Island of Dr. Moreau. So in 1996, there was a film come out, Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer, on the Island of Dr. Moreau. And it's a terrible film. It's really bad. But the original director, Richard Stanley, there's like a really famous story about how he got kicked off of the film and then he came back on as, a, as an extra. Like he came on, it, the extras gave him a costume and he came on as an extra. So he was still around the film uh-huh. while it was being made. And yeah. Yeah, it's, a re- it's just a really interesting story about the making of that film. So I, I'd like to watch it again. So that, I might watch that. I might watch that soon. I think that's on Prime. Wes Craven's New Nightmare, which actually that was another one of Sarah's suggestions, but that was one of mine too. I'd really enjoy that Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Bowfinger with Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy. That's quite a funny film. Watched that relatively mm. recently. And funnily enough, Hearts of Darkness, the Apocalypse Now documentary. Which, uh, which came up earlier mm. in the question, which might be the reason I knew the answer to that question. So we're done now, are we? We're done on section two. Mm-hmm. Cool. Let's move on to section three then, which is Stitch Up. And again, like I said this last time, but this is basically my section these days. Last week, I had said to you that 
I think I've watched 14 and you've watched eight stitch ups. That's not true. Mm-hmm. I've watched 15 and you've watched eight. So it's very nearly double. And this is my fourth, fourth stitch up in a row. And I lost the poll again and you lot wanted me to watch Get a Job, which stars Miles Teller and Anna Kendrick and Brian Cranston and a few, quite a few other people, actually, to be fair. Have you seen this film? I've not seen this film, no. But I just saw reviews saying that it wasn't as good. So, Did you watch this film? Yes, I watched this film very much okay. so. So it came out in 2016. It was directed by Dylan Kidd and it was 83 minutes long. So nice and short. Already, you're kind of like, this is not so bad because it's short. Uh, and as I said, it stars Miles Teller, Anna Kendrick, Brian Cranston and Mark Maron's in it. He pops up. Uh, Hurley from Lost, whose name I can't remember. He's in it. <laughs> um, God, who else? There's loads of people that pop up. Oh, McLovin from... Oh, yeah. Super, super bad is in it as well. Uh, it, he's a terrible character in this. A terrible character, like an awful person. This film is not terrible. It's not the greatest, but it's a comedy and it made me laugh out loud exactly oh, three good. times. Exactly three times. I counted. I did a little <laughs> tally chart every time I laughed and it was exactly. I had a few times where I smiled a bit and then I had three times where I laughed out loud. So that's pretty good. That's not bad. Not bad for a stitch up. It's, it's really good for a stitch up. <laughs> yeah so miles teller so he's he's been brought up in a, a comfortable family you know his parents loved him a lot like he was the best thing since sliced bread and all of that stuff and he's trying to get a job he feels that i guess he's a little bit entitled he's the youtube generation he's creating content and everyone in this film is trying to find a job they will get jobs but they will struggle in their jobs there's a dude in it who becomes a trader stock trader but he starts you know his first job is as a grunt so he's just getting people's food and lunch and buying scratch cards and stuff mm. for people. So his, his story is that he's starting at the bottom and he's got to wait, work his way up sort of thing. At one point, his boss comes over and presents him with a, a class of deer cum. And uh, this dude has Ugh. to decide whether or not to drink it. Yeah, deer cum. And he drinks it. What was he getting out of it? A desk. Ugh. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't know if it's worth it. I, I, no. I don't know. It's hundred percent. It's not worth it. If someone gave me a glass of deer yeah. cum and said, "Drink that, and you can have your own desk," I would think I would pour it over their face. No, thank you. Yeah. Why would I drink your deer cum? It's the most stupid thing I've ever heard. Buy my family home. That's going to turn into our podcast studio, and I'll be set for life. I'm not saying I haven't got a price. <laughs> there may be a price, but it definitely is not a desk. <laughs> um, <laughs> the funniest. Um, part of this film is that one of the friends there's a core group of people there's like four of them one of them is McLovin one of them is Miles Teller and then you've got the trader and there's another dude who's a who's a teacher the joke is that he's a stoner so he's also he's also a teacher so that's funny but at one point he gets the kids to build a bong for him which I thought was quite amusing. Um, a child got hit in the face with a basketball quite violently. That was one of the things that made me laugh out loud. Uh, and yeah, he's the, he's the best character in this film, I think. Or it's the funniest. That's, where, that's the character that provided the most laughs. It tries to be yeah. quite sweet and insightful, which is probably its downfall because uh, it does step into quite cheesy um, and a really bad climax like the climax of the film is Brian Cranston working his way into a building and like Miles Teller tosses a CD at him and Brian Cranston catches it. And it's all done in slow motion and it's hard to describe that scene, but it felt like that was meant to be the climax of the film and it was a bit dull. So 
it's difficult to talk about this one because if we talk about a mega piranha or a birdemic you can go to town on talking about how bad they were and have a bit of a laugh about it mm. this was not a poorly made film it was fine i haven't got an awful lot to say about it i really liked that i was really surprised actually that a few popular comedians popped up and and the quality of the cast like i said to brian cranston i, I watch brian cranston mm. in anything i think he's great and you had Mark Maron, who's one of my favourite comedians and obviously legendary podcaster and all that stuff. So I'm quite curious as to how they managed to get those people on board because it weren't script. They must have either got paid very handsomely or they were connected with mm. someone who was making a film. Maybe they were mates with people or whatever. Yeah, the, the dialogue was a bit poor, a bit dull and cheesy in places, but it did do what a comedy should do and it did make me laugh. So I will never watch this again. It ain't very good, but I'm going to give it a four out of 10 Justice Leagues. That's not bad. Just so I can move on with my life. It was fine. It was better than Grandy Magazine. <laughs> what are you talking about? Grandy Magazine was fantastic. No, it wasn't. It was dog shit. It had comedy sound effects. <laughs> um, yeah, a bit cheesy and a bit stupid, but not too bad for Stitch Up. So uh, mm. on that nice, snappy Stitch Up review for once, can we now move on, please, to the next bit? and find out who has lost the poll. So it was your turn to put on a poll, and it was between me to watch Hoobie Halloween and you to watch The Hottie and The Notty. And as I said before, it could be five weeks in a row for me. I've done four in a row now. It could be, this could make it five weeks in a row that I watch a Stitch Up film. So please, please can you tell me, you know, how many people voted, what were the results, and and just put me out of my misery, because I want to transition into the next period of my life (laughs) so there was a total of eight votes this is a first for me i think i have to watch hottie or the naughty i almost i don't believe you are you is this a wind-up i'm being i'm being dead serious six people voted for hottie or the naughty and only me and another person voted for hoobie halloween Ah, oh, serious? Yeah, serious. Who right? And it was, and it was on your on your Instagram as well. I was on my poll right. against Hottie or the Naughty. I'm pretty sure that was going to lose against it. So. Not that I want to blow my own trumpet or anything, but the Hottie and the Naughty, I feel like was an inspired twist because I did choose that, thinking it was going on your Instagram. I'm hoping that people know how terrible this film is, and they're going to hope that you watch it. <laughs> uh, I still think there's a trick in there somewhere. I think you're going to get to the end of the episode and tell me that you were lying or something. No, I'm being. I'm. I'm. I will. I can send you a screenshot of of the results if you don't believe me. 100. percent I have to watch that film. What film? <sighs> anyway. What film? What film you got to watch, mate? Hottie or the freaking naughty? <laughs> no, it's the hottie and the naughty. I told you last the week. Hottie it's the hottie and the naughty. And the naughty. Oh. There are there are loads of things going. It's so layered. It's deep. I get it. Harris Hilton, favorite person. Oh, you could have said that you. Do you reckon if I ask you that celebrity question again next week, if I say to you, "What celebrity would you like to play?" <laughs> do you think that next week it might be Paris Hilton? <laughs> I was actually thinking of that when you asked me that t- that question. I was like. <laughs> Could be Paris Hilton. Oh, oh, God. oh, praise the Lord. There is a God. There is a God. Uh, all this time, I thought that there was no God. <laughs> there is no Jesus. But it turns out there is, because they made you watch just Hottie on the Naughty. And the Naughty, the Hottie and the Naughty. I'm doing it now. <laughs> right. 
Oh, I'm so happy. All right, let's choose some films. Let's let's choose the films for the next poll then. So, um, back to me to sort out the poll next time. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, I'm still deciding on what I'm going to choose for you. All righty then. I'm going to go for a film for, for you that, that came out in 2010, and it's called Gooby. Gooby? Gooby, yes. Uh, it's about a giant bear. It's about a, a giant man what wears a bear costume. But I think it's meant to be a real bear in, in the feature. And it's called Gooby, and I, I, I've heard that it's glorious. Sounds amazing. Gooby. Gooby. Gooby, Gooby, Gooby. Could, could be Gooby. Come on, I've drunk too much monster drink. Come on, I'm getting all hyperactive now, and I won a poll. So what you got, what you got, what you got? I hope this is on streaming service. All right, I'm going to go with the Emoji film. Oh! <laughs> Do you know what? This is on streaming. Because I nearly picked this for you today. I was very close to picking this for you today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank the Lord. Oh, emoji movie. All right. Next poll then. Emoji movie for me versus Gooby for you. And that will be on my Instagram page. So I'll put that on flick.face on Instagram. We have mm-hmm. a show um, Instagram page at Twin Picks Pod. But yeah, if you, if you want to catch up with us in those places, do so. You can also email the show at, at twinpixpod at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, what? <laughs> and we're also on Twitter as well, but we're not using that at the moment. But I'm going to revive that soon. I just need some time. I just need some time to, yeah. to phoenix the ashes out of that. I think that's the phrase. Um, where can we find you, Nicole? Oh, you can find me in Australia, Melbourne. Yes. But on social networks, you can uh, you can find me on Nika Creative or Chica Nika on Instagram. So next episode, we'll be watching One Cut of the Dead and Life for our Films About Films episode. And you're finally watching A Stitch Up. Finally, you're watching The Hottie and The Naughty with Paris Hilton. And that's about it. So you should just wrap it up, right? And uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch up with you next time. Yes. Goodbye, Mr. Norris. Yeah, goodbye, Mr. Norris and all of that stuff. Yeah. Cheerio. Toodle pip. Cheerio. Au revoir.